welcome to the podcast studio. We're here today with artist, DJ, um, techno fanatic, <laughs> Emma. Welcome. Thank you. How are you doing? It feels really strange and good. Of course, it was a long time ago since we since we spoke. Yes, and it's uh, uh, almost a year now. Exactly, and it's, and what a year! It's like a we crazy all, year. I think we all can agree on that. I'm not gonna be. Yeah, it's not S- worth mentioning. We all know, but yeah, yeah. And last time we met was in January, yes, right? Yes. And at that time. You had just moved into a new studio and we were talking yeah. about the future and, you know, in <laughs> the bright, beautiful future with yes. my new studio in place. And at that time, we didn't know what was going to happen this year, but yeah, it was a, it's been so much stuff happening. What happened after our last meeting? Could you tell me a little bit? Yeah, I actually get like goosebumps just by thinking of it because it's been so intense and uh, horrifying and as well, of course. But uh, yeah, because we have... We yeah, because uh, of course, after we had our last session, just a few hours after a bomb exploded, just wall to wall to the studio and blew everything out. That's so crazy. Of course, the kind of irony as well in sitting there and just like, finally, we're ready. To, I'm ready to start work. Now I'm going to just like trailblazing and have my time here and just put in the hours in becoming a producer as I have wished for for so long and, and really develop my skills with the right conditions preconditions and then that happens and you kind of go like universe what is this about like what are you trying to tell me uh and then everything that followed on that complete personal crisis of course with having so much work has been blown up literally uh and the fact that that i had left just half an hour before the bomb blew up and oh that was because we had the interview because normally I sit there quite late. So it's like so many emotions going on and everything mm. that's been ruined, what followed afterward, the situation like that. Yeah. Uh, in, in just like organization and managing both emotions and, and everything practical that comes with cleaning up so much ruined stuff and so much paperwork and so much questions you don't have an answer to and not questions you don't even know exist before they kind of fall upon you. Um of insurance companies and police and yeah so wow, crazy so, crazy so stuff. to explain to the listeners yeah it was actually a literal bomb exploded yes. in the facility where you yes. have your studio exactly and that meant that your gear was destroyed right yes and you didn't the have walls, any studio the anymore. rooms everything was blown up and in mm. in a good way if you we talked about stoicism <laughs> before that yeah. kind of entered the stoicism world uh is that it was in in a way, good that the bomb exploded so close to soundproof studios because studio rooms are made to absorb shock waves. Mm, true. <laughs> so it feels like our rooms kind of saved the whole building. Uh, so in that case, it was a really good thing that it happened. But unfortunately, that meant a lot of work for for us. <laughs> uh, but I tried to kind of think it that way uh, as well, uh, and then. Uh, of course, just a few weeks later, the corona hit and with everything that followed with that. And I wasn't even recovered from the first crisis before you entered another crisis. Right. So I must say that this year has been heavy. A tough start. <laughs> yeah, tough to start. Year, so many. Definitely. Yeah. On many levels. Exactly. But at the same time, like I still can eat every day. I can pay my rent. Like I'm so lucky in so many ways 
at the same time. So mm. it also gives you perspective, I think, on, on what you still have, even if it's a big sorrow for me to lose so much so yeah. quickly. Of course, all the gigs got cancelled, uh, obviously. Um, so that also have kind of put me into another type of, of uh, relationship with my music, mm. I would say. Because you were focusing a lot at that time on producing yes. and developing your production yeah. methods and um, maybe also your perspective on, on your sound and your music. Yes, exactly. So, so after, after this event in January mm. until now, almost, uh, almost a year later or at the end of the year, uh, where, where are you now? Like, What was the journey from that period to now and how do you see yourself as a you know as an artist and a dj now kind of a post artist and dj <laughs> we're in the post yeah, era no, no. Po a post a post yeah, yeah you're on a, on a yeah, break I'm like kind stagnated of. Yeah. no but it's not that bad actually or it's it's bad but it's also interesting mm. uh so as an example the first thing i did was explore my sound with the dj concept of disruptive techno that we have mm. talked about before in other in other episodes um, and from there, it was quite easy to move into the studio because I already knew what sound I was looking for and my identity in the music. So it was super fun to just go from the DJ part of music into the production part, and I just looked forward to develop myself in that era or that, that um, section. Mm. Um, and and I still had like some kind of goal with what I wanted to achieve with that, so of course I focus a lot on what I want to achieve emotionally from my projects. That's like the big shift from where I was younger when, you know, Superstar DJ was still a thing that I was was aiming for. And yeah. I kind of quit that thinking and found other other goals that felt more valuable to me. Uh, and in this case, of course, I lost kind of all the goals because I, I didn't have my creative space anymore. Uh, and also my my speakers, I didn't have any speakers at home because there I had moved them to the studio and they blew up there. Right. Uh, so then I also didn't have music in my home, so it was like big, like double up lost in that case. Right. And you had most of your equipment was moved to the studio, so then you yeah at, at least the speakers. Yeah. So I had the mm. DJ equipment at home, but I didn't have any speakers. Yeah. And of course, another thing that happens with with that situation is that if I I went away from work during mm. the bomb on a sick leave for two weeks mm. and that meant that my work suffered so i had to come back right. to a very stressful work situation where i had to kind of catch up those mm. those uh those hours right uh, wow but so it seems like uh, now when we met today you kind of found a, a new kind of approach and a little bit of a new start uh yeah i think so you i hope so yeah i guess positive outcome in some way yeah exactly yeah. because i think more more people than me felt this kind of you know in the beginning of a zombie movie when you mm. like feel like the this armageddon get on situation in society like you know that something really really bad has happened but you don't really know how the beginning or the, like the rest of the story gonna fold out yeah and I had the same feeling when Corona hit. Yeah. I was like, wow, I have no idea what this means. Because this Definitely. is just like a completely new situation. Mm. So I, I think it felt like it took a while before society had kind of settled from mm. that emotion and started to have like more of a real, like regular life again. Yeah. Uh, and so of course that took like almost until the summer mm -hmm. for, for me. Um, and then, um, yeah, so then when you kind of get... How can I say when you stop doing those things that you love, 
you do also don't find the inspiration to continue. Like you get, it's like your routines change and you get stuck in one behavior and it's hard to kind of start to break that, especially when, when you're in, I mean, even in Sweden didn't have a hard lockdown. We had a, we had a lockdown. It was yeah. more, even if it wasn't restricted by law. So of course you stayed at home in your apartment a lot mm. and that affects my creativity and emotions as well, especially when I didn't even have speakers. Uh, and I didn't notice because you just kind of s- tried to s- to yeah make the the life go by like you, mm. you just s- run from one thing to another to kind of yeah sort <laughs> whatever needs to be sorted. Mm. So I didn't have any like time for reflection or thinking. That actually the fact that I don't have music in my life affects me really negatively. I just felt bad. That's and a then, great point. Yeah, and then it's easy to forget that. Exactly. Mm. And then when I realized like I really missed to have just music in my life mm. and I had some help from from um, a friend who's just like, but what is the first thing we need to fix? Mm. Because it's so easy, I think, when you when you run around and, and try to kind of sort your life that you only focus on the must instead of focus on the things that also gives you energy because it feels like you don't have time for that those tasks or those yeah. things. Instead of, you know, for instance, those like insurance errands that I had off to the bomb attack. Yeah. <laughs> like that felt like that that was just like suffocating me. Mm, to that think drains of energy instead of exactly. giving you energy like the yeah. music would have done. And it felt mm. like I couldn't start doing the good things before I had kind of moved away the bad things. But at the same time, when I never did move away the bad things, I never had energy for anything. <laughs> so, so it, it was became a, a negative spiral instead extremely of... Extremely um, vicious circle. Extremely vicious. Wow. Um, so then I had some help to actually buy some new speakers. That's great. Even if it weren't um, like the, the super best quality that I was used to, it was still like, yeah, just have sound at home. Um, and That's then, a big change. So yeah. then you started resetting... A little bit your lifestyle yes. and listening yes. to music again yeah. and yeah. Yeah, so just kind of started like, oh, I actually start to recognize myself. Like this was me again. Mm. <laughs> like, this is how I can feel. That's uh, great. So and yeah, so that was like a big re- revelation to kind of remember. Mm. Uh, like, okay, I need I need speakers. That's like the fa- first thing I will fix next time <laughs> if anything happens. Definitely. Um, and the last few weeks, you also went through a little bit of a like rediscovery, right? With uh, in terms of music and creation. Yes. So of course that didn't change everything. It changed a bit. But mm. um, for instance, like yeah, when when as a DJ, you always have to work with different trends in music, and of course, no one wants to produce and release music when you don't have any gigs mm. or clubs playing it, playing the music. So you also had like an identity crisis in the whole scene. Uh, so no one wants to play your music and the only thing people want to listen to is basically quite calm stuff that right. you can enjoy at home, not necessarily on a dance floor, which is what I'm focused at. Yeah. Um, so I didn't even feel like, I, c- I didn't, when I was looking for new music, I didn't find anything. And so that's also a problem. And when I find anything, it was so big, big, um, it had, had went so much time before my, I mean, between my last gig and, and when I wanted to do music again and start yeah. to build playlists again. So I didn't connect with the new music. I couldn't put it together with, with tracks that were more than six to 12 months old. Right. Uh, and there that was some was kind of disruption between yes. where you were and where you were starting yes. again. Exactly. Um, and and that's a quite normal thing. After 20 years, I know what that means. Yeah. But I also know what it takes to get back into that mm. that connection with the music. And that is time, time and time. Play yeah. your tracks over and over again. Try new ways of mixing. Try new ways of sorting the tracks. Mm-hmm. And that energy I still didn't have. Yeah. 
so it was still really really hard yeah. um, and and i just kind of felt i was locked up in this negative spiral i just saw my the walls of my apartment day after day like nothing to give you inspiration nothing yeah. to give you energy Nothing dynamic. Uh, nothing, nothing dynamic. Yeah. Like Sweden is a dark place as well, winter yeah. time. So it's yeah, we're like there now. Exactly. Yeah. So the darkness that starts to affect you after the summer. Mm. Um, uh, so so I had to kind of start to rethink the situation because after a while you just notice that this isn't working. Like I will be depressed for real if I continue to live like this. Yeah. Uh, so I started to kind of find new ways of giving myself energy. And one of them, of course, is that I started to be aware of how much the environment affects me. So when I had a life where I do things, because you are invited to gigs, you work with people, you meet people out of clubs, and then you meet maybe for a coffee, and you go to your work, and you have exciting colleagues to play, like to to you know interact with and get ideas from, like all this, this those those things that we get automatically from our environment are now gone. Right, because you're just at home in your own apartment, yes. and in my place, I'm also alone in my apartment. Mm. Uh, so I had to kind of start to see how much in my env- environment that had changed that also affects my mood and my behavior. Mm. Uh, so I, I've started kind of sketch up now my new project. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if my previous project were more about finding myself in an artistic way yeah. uh, in the music, now it's more about how can I find myself again in the music and be aware of what it is that affects me in creativity and the actions I take and the things I get motivated by and wants to do. Right. Uh, so that's like my new project now. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds cool though. So it's more like a puzzle where you try to find these elements again and find a new structure to integrate them in your life. Yes, exactly. Mm. Because you get so aware of the things you get for free in a life when yeah. it's removed from you. That's it. And that's what I noticed when I ended up in this situation. Mm. That, okay, I can't rely on the things I get from automatically from my life anymore. Exactly. Now I need to start to create it by myself. Yeah. And how does that look like? How can I do that? Yeah. And I must say, I'm not there yet. It's still a struggle. But I have, seen, I have seen certain elements that definitely work. And, and one of them, of course, is to remember that you're not alone. Yeah. I just have to take initiative to, to reach out to people. And other musicians and other people in the same situation. So mm-hmm. we can actually help each other out. Yeah. Uh, so that's because even if it's too hard for me right now to kind of open up my computer and start to make music again without my favorite drum machines. Because they are in the bag over there, you know, with like yeah. dust from the walls in the studio. Yeah. <laughs> and just like still ruined. Um, I can call a friend. Yeah. And, and we can do something in, in that person's studio or... Or like we can send files to each other and kind of you can always find ways. And that's even better because yeah. then you complement each other and you know it's not only on your table to work alone yeah. in your studio with all this gear, exactly. but you, yeah. you're using each other's gear and I- yeah. you know inspire each other. Absolutely, yeah. and and it kind of also went down to the basics that like when I don't have the superstar DJ producer dream anymore, yeah. I have been focusing more on the community part of music, yeah. and now that's even more important. Uh, so that's also something that I realized that, that I want to continue to work with this community aspect of being a musician because mm. if I don't make the enough money or have enough gigs, it doesn't matter because I will also always enjoy my music if I have the community relationships in place. Yeah, uh, and I think having the community is also much more of a kind of exchange as yes, opposed to yes, like focusing only on your own goals. Absolutely. So I think that can also give you Absolutely. so much more and something 
completely different. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And and in the end, the ones that makes the most music is the ones that makes music. Yeah. Like that's the first thing. <laughs> so so to just focus on having fun and enjoying what you do, the classical like it's not the goal, it's the journey that it, like all that kind of yeah. clichés is really really true. It's a cliche yeah. but it's there for a reason exactly. and you know, if you only focus on the goal and not on the community part yeah. and not on the journey, yeah, yeah it becomes hard, yes. I think. Mm. And I really love the energy you get from helping someone else. Yeah. Um so as an example after the bomb attack like the whole internet reached out to us because mm. it was me and some friends that had where our two rooms got blown out. And it was so amazing to see that support from people. Yeah. Of course. Mm. Uh, and I kind of, I was left with it also with the feeling that I want to give back. Yeah. So for a long time, I felt a little bit guilty that I didn't have the energy to give back to everyone that had been so generous to us. Right. Um, and, But now I can just start to find ways. So as an example, uh, Genelec, the sound speaker company that I bought my first speakers from, the ones that got blown up. Right, right. uh, Mm. They contacted me uh, on Instagram and -hmm. and helped me to fix my speakers for free. That's great. And amazing Mm. that they actually survived. Uh, They just just fixed the outer part. So you basically, what, did you send them to Finland or something? Yeah, Yeah. they came and picked them up and sent them to Finland. That's awesome. And just, yeah, cleaned Mm. them up a bit and and changed the outer layer, but inside they were they were still good so that's quite quite impressive quality of speakers i must say sorry for that's really really good (laughs) pr but they were but it's part of the story so i think it's exactly great but Mm. that meant that i was ending i ended up with two pairs of speakers but i only Mm. need one yeah pair uh, because i don't have a studio at the moment so Mm. then i just reached out on instagram to my followers and just like is there anyone who are in need of two really good studio monitors yeah so then I could kind of connect with other people that are suffering in the same way as I do. Mm. And I know that you just kind of get those kind of equipment around you that makes it work. is something that can give you that extra energy. And then they become, because I said, like, you can have those speakers until I need them again, which it will be in the several months at least. Yeah. Uh, but only if you produce those, like two tracks a month. Right, right. <laughs> like no, I, but that's great. I put some pressure on him yeah. uh, because I wanted to have that like external uh, motivation factor that like you what is it called when you're uh, uh, there's a name for this that I don't remember now but anyway it's external motivation it's yeah. uh, accountability accountability yeah. is what I'm looking for mm. exactly uh, uh, so yeah so one guy mm. I picked one guy that I felt were in the, like the right right place mm-hmm. to that really like needed this and, and also was really ready to start so he had already started a bit on himself but it was a struggle yeah so he came over and picked up the, the speakers yeah, uh, and I mean now I'm so invested in his story. Yeah, and, and listening to his music. Yes. and uh, yeah, exactly. Great. So I try to kind mm. of find those ways where we can just help each other out and yeah. and remove this feeling of like loneliness and and mm. try to connect reconnect with the scene in those different ways i think that's great because that has kind of been the theme of this year like loneliness <laughs> yes. and isolation yes, and exactly. like any way you can get out of that yeah. through music or through collaboration is, is great. absolutely so i'm yeah mm. so i'm really looking forward to see where where this can take me yeah. and and also I, I made one of those open playlists again mm-hmm. that that uh where people can just put their favorite, also my followers, so they, they mm. put their favorite music and their own productions in the playlist, open playlist on Spotify. Mm-hmm. And it felt so good to listen to that music yeah. because I know that they like my style of music because that's why they're following me. And now they're sharing back to me their their their, their favorite music. music. Yeah. So it was both a fun thing to just listen to what they give me 
but also I got so many new ideas and it was the best way to also listen to many of my followers own sp- own productions exactly. so I found a lot of new music that I'm, that now inspires me that are also from those friends mm. that I have online now that feels more like yeah like buddies instead of just like followers yeah um so it was so it also feels good re- really good there to kind of now I can play their music in my sets and I have another way of giving back, but they gave to me first. So exactly. I really it's like a that. give and take relationship yes. in yeah. some ways. So I can I try to focus on the giving part and then mm. I enjoy when I get back. Cool. <laughs> and on that note, what about the track? Was it called 909 Problems? Right? <laughs> yes, Could you tell like me a bit about yeah. that story? That's mm. also fun. Uh, it's not... It's not 100% finished yet, but the mm. it just needs a little bit of polishing. But that's also like an Instagram communication story mm-hmm. that I made a fun meme mm-hmm. where I'm drinking like a coffee that says, uh, I don't have a problem. What is it called? I'm, I don't have a problem with techno. I have a problem without techno. Okay. So yeah. it's like a reference mm-hmm. joke to, you know, if you're addicted to caffeine or mm-hmm. alcohol mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, so I made that meme uh, yeah. and joking about being, you know, fanatic, techno fanatic. Uh, and then we started to kind of play around in the comments about 909 problems instead right. of 99 problems, of course. A reference to the drum machine, right? Yeah, so right. 909 is exactly, that's a drum machine. And mm-hmm. 99, of course, is the, is the track with Jay-Z. And, and mm-hmm. isn't it like a move or something from the beginning? Or I don't remember. Yeah, uh, I mean, I guess it's been used in soundtracks and all kinds of things. Yeah, but yeah. I know, I, at least mm-hmm. I know the 99 from yeah. Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one of the followers wrote like, but a pitch ain't one. And pitch is yeah. of course the, the tempo control you have on a, on a DJ player. Mm. Um, so then we had like the 909 problem, but a pitch ain't one mm-hmm. joke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And now when I wrote uh, this kind of reaching out mm. post uh, just recently where I started to do this kind of more community work, mm. um, one of my friends reached out back and said like come over and we can make some music like i'll, I'll help you get started again yeah. just come over and we can you know i can show you some things and you can get some sound to work with back mm. home because he has some really nice analog gear that's uh, very nice I love so that. just yeah just like mm. the small things you need to get started to remove a little bit of the resistance you have when you start from scratch on your own yeah um and we just had like a super fun day and we was like, yeah, let, just just let's do this track. Like, yeah. let's do the nine of nine problem <laughs> yeah. track. Why and not? Why not? Yeah. yeah, and we did. Uh, so yeah, soon to be released. Very uh, cool. So Very we'll cool. see. We'll see. Probably it's gonna be like just an you know underground release for but fun. But still, that's great. But I mean, yeah. any releases now is is great, especially also even yeah. if it's digital. You yeah. know, it's accessible to people, and exactly. I think yeah. a lot of people would also be be happy to hear some of your work. Uh, mostly his work in that case i was more like the, the muse and the, I see. <laughs> the I creative see, but whatever, part, but work. yeah but i yeah. learned so much from that mm. session and i definitely felt like this wave of creativity and lust for life again mm. just by you know being playing around with something so silly because obviously this is a joke for you know by producers for producers mm. so most people will not understand when they listen to it but and that also gives you less pressure because it's based on more yes. of a joke. It's for exactly. fun. It's exactly. improvisation. Yes. It's not like it doesn't have to be heavy no. and dark and yes. moody or, or <laughs> stuff like that, you know, that you can also often see within yeah. the techno scene, you know. So. Absolutely. So just like find the creativity and happiness again. And, and definitely the path to that is to remove pressure. Yeah. And that's, uh, that I think a lot of us are, are, are struggling with right now, that when you get behind so much of your regular standard or delivery or whatever you work with, mm. It's so hard because you compare yourself with where you want to be. 
Yeah. And now you have to kind of start working again and you just like see the other ones like over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or at least the, the fictional you that you want to be. Uh, and you have to start from such a like, low place. Yeah. And it's so heavy to remember like that's the mountain and I'm supposed to be up yeah. there. And but it's better to just go back to where you are right now and just go and look at some analog gear and start you know, yeah, pushing exactly. buttons. Yeah, don't even look at that mountain. Why? Like, What's yeah. the reason or purpose for looking exactly. at that? Yeah. Actually, it doesn't exactly. give you anything, just, right? Yeah, just mm. to, yeah, remove anything fun in your emotions. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So that was uh, it was just a fun, fun uh, project to do, and we will continue to do it, of course. Sounds uh, good. Until it's finished, completely finished. But it was, yeah. I think we can also maybe mention that you had developed a very, you mentioned it before, but you, you developed this style before in your DJing that was called Disruptive Techno. Yes. Do you want to just give us a brief explanation for someone that might not have heard about that before? Uh, and then maybe move into what it means to you today as opposed to maybe one year ago? Yes, absolutely. Mm. Because, of course, that is also a process. But this, it started out with me wanting to challenge the handcraft of DJing in a new world. Mm -hmm. So I come from the vinyl DJing, where of course it's a struggle just to put the, I mean, to beat match. It's, it's, a yeah. re it's really hard work and requires a lot of practice. Mm -hmm. And then you start to have new technology that starts to automate and exactly. a lot of the things that makes a DJ a DJ. And you're standing there after a while and it's like what am i even doing here like I, I choose tracks but that's like that's not part of the handcraft of being a mixing dj in my world i want to be creative with my players yeah um and it kind of removes presence as well in music when you have to you know wait for things to happen like i put mm. play and everything is is even if you don't use sync it's really easy to beat match Instead of a vinyl where you have to be there all the time. Because you're kind of old school, right? Yes. When you started 20 yes. years ago, it was only like vinyl yeah. decks and Absolutely. all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was also quite late changing to CD. Yeah. And then, of course, changing to MP3 or digital. Yeah. Um, so I, I really have like the handcraft in my hands and my soul in how mm -hmm. I want to work with music physically. Yeah. Um, so this was a way to start to discover again, like what can, what can be the identity of a DJ mm -hmm. when so much is automated? Yeah. Like, how can I express myself as a DJ? What is what is what is the things that makes me unique as a DJ mm -hmm. uh, in in my expression of actually doing the mixing, not just choosing tracks? Yeah. Uh, so, how can I make myself heard with a unique sound and only using a regular DJ setup, mm. and not be depending on my taste in track selection? Okay. And kind yeah, of yeah. break out the actual handcraft of being a DJ, not just a selector. Right. So that was also yeah. part of it. That's a very interesting definition that's yeah. not always talked about. Yeah, either, no, no, you know? exactly. So I think that's also something that kind of mm. came along with my work. Mm. But I started to see more and more what I was actually working with here. Mm. Um, and a part of that is a kind of an, um, uh, an uh, what would you call it? like a counter approach to the to trend that producers are becoming DJs. So that's true. Biggest, the biggest DJs today are mainly producers that became famous because of their music. So they have already have their artistic expression in the studio. And when they go out on the scene, it's more like a showcase of what they have already done. So the crea creative aspect isn't shown and developed in on stage. It was made before stage. I see, yeah. And since I'm only a DJ, it's always been important to me to be creative on stage because I have nothing else to rely on. Yeah, it's a stage expression. Yes. That means almost everything yes, to you. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so of course... 
I look at all those big DJs and I don't see any creativity out there. Mm. And I, I feel that something in the handcraft of being a DJ is lost. And I wanted to explore that and see if I could make it better. Uh, very ambitious. A very nice motivation <laughs> to have. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah, I kind of overdo it a lot. <laughs> well, it's better to overdo it, I think. Uh, yeah, I, mm. I'm happy. Yeah. That's how I am. Actually, some mm. friends of mine in another podcast, they started like, but why are you even doing this? I don't yeah. understand. Why do you make it so hard for yourself? Yeah. Uh, but for but you're me... You're kind of trying to challenge the norm or yes. the, the current situation. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So either I'm just happy playing tracks for people mm. and enjoying my time in the booth, but I haven't artistic ambition mm. that I need to express and explore. Uh, so for me, of course, it's about uh, feeling I express myself and create something on my own, not just playing tracks. Yeah. Uh, so I have an individual freedom when I play this new way mm. that I can't have if I'm just relying on old on old ways of, of mixing. See. And uh, that's, you know, by using new decks and mixers and technology yes. as well, you can do that, yes. right? Yeah. So what I'm doing is that I, I hire the level of the technical level in mm. my sets and creative levels. So it's a, it's a concept based on layering loops. Yeah. And many knows the, the term mash, mashup mixing. Mm-hmm. So I make a new track based on old tracks. Yeah. So I take like two or three or four tracks and then I, I break them apart and put them together again to make a new track. So, of course, there in the combination of those tracks, I can find something new that didn't exist before the gig and will not exist again afterwards. So it's, it's only a very in the moment. Yes. Yeah. So it's a very live experience in what can happen. And yeah. I surprise myself over and over again on stage, yeah. which gives me a lot of like presence again, because suddenly it's risky to be up there. Suddenly I have to be super aware of everything that happened before me, what plan I have forward, what's happening in the moment. Mm. Uh, there's so many things to be aware of when you work this way and trust yourself to always get the new ideas that's required to make a set like this interesting. You cannot be lazy, really. I you can't need to be, be lazy, present. <laughs> absolutely. You need to be in the zone, kind of. For yeah. sure. And then mm. I, I realized that now I'm put back into the exact motion, emotion I had when I was playing vinyl. Uh, because suddenly I was mm. sucked into the music again. And when you're so present in the music, like you really have to feel every track, every beat you're playing, mm. that's when you can find this magic that you can trans- that you can share with the audience, where they feel right. that wow, something extra is happening here. Like the emotions stick together. I can I can bring them on this journey, this yeah. emotional journey. I think that's kind of the unforgettable moments, like yeah. those sets. Like there are some sets that I remember from like mm. ten years ago, like seeing Ricardo yeah. Villalobos at <laughs> uh, three AM in Paris or whatever. Yeah. You know, like it's those sets that felt like this happened only this night, yes. and that was unique. Yeah, and I wouldn't say I've experienced that many sets like that in no. my life. You know, so no. it's sets that stay with you. Kind yes, of. absolutely. Yeah. And mm. uh, and for me, my my best the best sets I've always listened to is when I feel this connection emotionally between tracks. And if you're not present, it's so easy to just put on the track that might be, you know, it might be the right key, it might be perfect beat match, but there's no emotional transition. Like you want to move people emotionally when you do this, Mm. not just, you know, play along and like, oh, you can't hear the transition from one track to another. I want to create like distortion inside where you actually start to to experience yourself again. And I found that doing this, I could create that because... It moved me emotionally, and then I could, of course, express th- that emotion. That's great. And that makes me want to hear one of your sets again. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So I think it's a time to do a new live stream, actually. Yeah. Um, with the new, all the new tracks I've had from from my open playlist. Definitely. Um, no, so so, but what what also happened when I did this was that when I increased the 
the technical level, yeah. uh, I couldn't interact with the audience as much anymore because suddenly I have started and work with an uh, introverted process, if you would call it like that, mm-hmm. like an introvert yeah. process. So I had to be so focused on stage yeah. that I couldn't really take in anything from the outside. I see. And I noticed also that it was it took some some months and weeks of practice, no actually months more more months and years actually, mm. to start to kind of automate all the new sounds that I had to consider and work with at the same time. Yeah. So you have, you know, multiple sound sources of three decks or four decks, mm-hmm. but you also have every track breaking out in eight loops or eight yeah. parts. Wow. So then that means of course eight times three that I have to kind of know in my head what to do with and also then you have of course the tracks before that you're or the loops so that could be like several sounds then that you bring into some a mix and then you need to work with them in the moment and then you also need to have a plan for for what's going to happen in the you need to kind of create those circuits in your brain yes. to be able to handle yes that, right? exactly yeah. so it's extreme mental load <laughs> yeah which i love mm. but extreme so i could compare it with learning to drive Definitely. So when mm. you're in the, in the traffic the first time, like it's overwhelming. It's so many impressive. Like you don't even know what to look at. Like yeah. it's so many things. And then after a while, the brain starts to automate all those information, yeah. and you can start to see clearly. And suddenly, you can even have a conversation while driving. Yeah. Driving, but you shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I totally but like, get that. Yeah. Like you, you automate it and you yeah. make it part of your way of DJing. Yeah. Basically. Exactly. But yeah. I definitely need like the, the physical training of the brain yeah. to be able to mix this way. And that's something I also recognize from learning to beat match on vinyl. Yeah. Like you physically need to train yourself to do this. Mm. You can't just do it. For some reason, people have the expectations on DJs that they're just going to be able to do everything in a mm-hmm. way. Right. But no, it requires a lot of practice uh, to, to set those circuits in the brain. Of course. Uh, but but then after a while, like now when I've done this for two years, it's become my standard way of DJing. Yeah. This is the way I, I plan my sets, I prep my tracks, I plan, like I have this vision of what I, what I want to achieve and mm-hmm. so on. But I also felt that I lost a bit of the, of the interaction with the audience because right. I had to be this focused. Yeah. So now my next like challenge will be to find the, the perfect balance between mm. super technical and creative but also something be monkey and mind just have fun on stage. Yeah, <laughs> so like some playfulness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the playfulness again. Like I needed mm. to dig down in that rabbit hole yeah. for sure. It was a great, great journey. Mm. And I learned so much about myself and about creativity and flow and, and strategies to take me there. Yeah. Uh, and now I want to just like pick the cherries from the, <laughs> what is it called? Yeah, use that and, uh, exactly. and, and then be a little bit more loose with it. Yes, exactly. So I can pen, like balance between those two states on in a set. Yeah, uh, and it's almost like you you go to school, you learn the rules, and then you can break them, right? <laughs> absolutely, so, yeah. and I'm good at breaking rules. So. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. No, absolutely. So yeah. So so looking at this, like, what are you seeing uh, in the coming months or in the future for you? You you want to release a track, right? And what what's your what's your? I don't I don't even think I want to release a track no, anymore. No. Like I don't even have those ambitions. Mm. I right now I put it so so easy for myself. I want to feel. Um, like energetic and want to feel creativity again when I'm yeah. like I want to approach music with energy like uh, I had to kind of go back to the basics um, that sounds great uh, yeah I, I guess go I back guess. to the roots to yeah. the kind of core of uh, yeah. your love for music yeah and just mm. like find new routines because ov- obviously the routines were completely broken yeah. um, and before the studio I struggled with routines as well because mm. even then you had to be home a lot and and uh, so yeah, I need to kind of find a better process and routine for how to make music happen, so it can I can kind of fall into it a bit more, yeah. 
like like not without without so much struggle. Yeah, uh, I'd say to find that is like the biggest goal right now. Right um, to make it more an integrated part of your life, yes, exactly. Sense, like just right? like bring it back to my life uh, and and just mm. continue with the community part and um, yeah, the playfulness and and I know I have some some gigs waiting for me, so it's not completely dead. We're just waiting for this virus to kind of <laughs> fade away a bit That's more. That's great. So there's light so at the end of the tunnel. It's light, and yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I think this situation will help me to get to know more people that I can you know, bring into my life for the future and just see what that kind of interaction will bring me. So it's, it sounds, yeah, it feels pretty it good. It sounds like a very, yeah, very good stage now I of think your so. artistic progress. Yes, no, yeah. but I think so. It's it's still quite fresh, mm. so to speak. Mm. Uh, and of course, at work, we had a lot of pressure on us during this situation. So that will also start to calm down. Mm. It's already started. So I get more and more like air in my private life to to play around with as well. That sounds great. But the, the mental part, I would say, is the most important. To kind of find the right way now to find motivation again mm. in those hard cir- circumstances of lockdowns and yeah, yeah and darkness and <laughs> all of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Isolation. That sounds great. So, so we'll see how it goes. So <laughs> if um, maybe we have to wrap things up now, but could you tell me a little bit if someone wants to follow your work, like where should they go? Where should they look for you? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I'm mostly uh, present at Instagram. Yeah. So that Ama underscore official. Okay, great. I. And Facebook is also. Yeah. Yeah. And I start to release things on YouTube uh, when I do live sets, but I think that Instagram and Facebook would be the best places to find me. Okay, great. Emma, thank (laughs) you so much for coming here today. And I hope we can meet again and and discuss your progress as an artist soon. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs)